Okay, gang. So first and foremost, I I want to make a a grand apology to Indie Droids. Uh, you know, typically the format of this show is a show with Jake and I, usually a kind of broad topic that we discuss, and then the next episode is an interview. This episode was supposed to be an interview with Indie Droids, and due to uh, my computer being crap and the program crashing, I lost the entire two and a half hour recording, which, uh, you know, gave me just, I'm glad my roommate wasn't here because, uh, I was screaming a lot of curse words and I'm surprised the cops didn't get called. So, you know, I was furious. Uh, hopefully he, he understands where, uh, I'm at and we're going to have him back on the show somewhere down the line. I hope it's not a rehash. I hope it doesn't feel like it. Want it to be something fresh. Uh, but I do want to hit some of the points that he, that he brought up about his current work and, uh, the free art box movement that's happening here in Indy. Uh, to boil it down into a synopsis from two and a half hours into a about, you know, a minute. Uh, Austin, Austin Falls Indie Droids, he is, uh, I would say kind of pioneering this free art movement in Indie with uh, various art drops. I mean, so much so the people that have, have attached themselves to this free art movement are now getting bigger recognition. I mean, Austin himself has been interviewed in, in Nouveau and gotten some, some press for some of these art drops. And now, uh, I think Indie Mugs, uh, he's partnered up with IMAX Indie to do these, these Star Wars mug drops. So, I mean, they're, they're getting out there. They're being utilized as a, a guerrilla marketing, a way to push your, your art via a scavenger hunt, almost kind of. It, it's got this found item kind of feel to it. And that's that's something that I, f- I feel droids has always been a, a big proponent of is uh, the found item kind of thing. A, a lot of his work is building or painting on wood. And it's almost like sculpture, basically. Uh, but with the, the free art movement, it's big on Instagram as the uh, social media tool that he's been using. And I believe the hashtags are F.A. Indie F.A. Indie Art Box, F.A. Art Box, uh, stuff like that. Uh, check out at Indie underscore droids and check out his Society6. And yeah, check out some of the shirts that he's been making with United States of Indiana. Those are pretty awesome. And uh, to go into a little bit of detail about the boxes, we've we've got two set up currently. Uh, downtown Indie. One is at the Monon around 54th Street, uh, right by the big mural there. And then the second one is in Fountain Square behind, let's see, what would it be behind? Not quite Square Cat, but it's that alley behind Square Cat, and um, it's right by the mural of Bjork, this big black and white mural. not hard to miss and they are both on um, electrical poles and they're these gray boxes and you pop them open and there's free art in there it's a it's a good kind of universalized location for people to drop stuff and do their own kind of guerrilla marketing there and I know uh, Austin's also just been he just drops stuff around town puts it on Instagram and he always asks if if you find any of his items put a found or claimed and then at him so that he can update it so people aren't searching for it so check him out I'm sorry again that 
that the the audio got lost. That's I'll take full blame for my crappy computer. So that's that's on me. Um, and with that said, we're 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 going back into a kind of solo broad topic episode this week, which was actually supposed to go out in two weeks. So we're kind of alluding to like, hey, this comes out in a month. It doesn't. It comes out today. Um, and with that said, let's get into the episode. You're listening to The Art of Business with Jake Lee and Brian Arisol. And we're back with The Art of Business. I'm Jake Lee. Brian Arisol. And another episode. Another episode. We are on a time crunch because I forgot my power cord, so let's get in here. <laughs> let's get in here. Let's let's get down and dirty. Um, I'll, I'll kick it off right off the bat. We did a contest. Yeah. We yeah. Did. Which was, I mean, pretty much just to drum up some some feedback. Yeah. And uh, we got we got a little, we got a little, which is good for a first. Yeah. Time. I mean, we're only we're not even ten episodes into this thing. Yeah. So that no. Should, that should be something. Get, right? get, getting a couple of emails is a good feeling. It's not bad. Yeah. Um. So, uh, out of all the emails that we got, we have picked a winner for the contest. If no one knows, we might be doing this here and there throughout this lifespan. Yeah. I think it was a good idea. I liked it a lot. It's a good way to get some artist proofs out there and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And basically. Brian came up with the scheme or the idea of, um, you know, sending in an email and basically asking a couple questions to us and we'll answer them. And with that being said, having your address in there, email address, we'll contact you, whoever we pick as the winner, who has the best questions, and uh, we will send one of our prints out. Yeah, which, um, uh, Sean. Oh, I was going to do like a... Oh, uh, you want to do it? Okay, you do it now. Uh, Sean. <laughs> Sean's the winner, which I I I piped into the the back end of an episode, um, and I've already sent him the email, got his address. I'm gonna ship it out. How the fuck did I not know this yet? Ship it out today, cause I'm the one that does the email part. All right. Well, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, with Sean, um, just want to let you know, I'm probably gonna send a print out too to you. Congratulations, because um, no one buys my work, so we'll <laughs> have something. The fun part about this is this episode's coming out in like. A month, so he'll already have it. So it'll be fun. Yeah, he'll already. He have doesn't it. even know that we're talking about it right now. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> great. Um. So I. Do you want to read the email? Yeah. Let's. I'll. I'll go down the. Email. I can't read, so you. Should... I'm not great at it, but here we go. <laughs> uh. Uh. Duh. Duh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We're kicking off with the email here. This is kind of going to be an odds and ends episode of uh, just stuff that's that we wanted to talk about. Uh. So here's the email. Uh. Hey folks, I absolutely love the podcast, and you. Hey you. Feel free to hop in with anything that you want to say while I'm reading it. Okay? Okay. Okay, cool. Absolutely love the podcast. I'm good friends with Epion and Katrina through Rocky Horror. They did not win this because of that. No. No. But that does explain why they listen. Yeah. Because that's, that's a very uh, heavily downloaded episode. Yes. It's, yeah. a very, it's our most popular one. Yeah. Uh, and he's been listening since the release of our first episode, which it's, it's cool. Because <laughs> um, uh, keep I think I might be the only one. What reading, listening? That listens, yeah, from the first episode. No, <laughs> I think we got like a strong thirty that hit us every good month. thirty. I don't even have thirty friends, so I don't even know all these people. Brian, yeah, continue. Sorry, I've had tables at local cons for several years now. 
for the Rocky Horror Cast that he runs. Uh, next March, I'm changing the, I keep changing the tense here. Next March, I have bit the bullet though and got a table at New Jersey Horror Con for my first, for my own art. So I'm working on getting a new series of pieces prepared for that. You guys and Epion and Katrina are my big inspirations for finally taking this leap. Wish me luck. Good luck. Yeah, good luck. It's, um, it's a trial and error thing. If it, if it ends up going great, don't expect all of them to be great. If it ends up going bad, don't expect them all to be bad. Yes. Uh, just keep at it and learn from any... Keep pushing. Anything that, like mistakes or any positives that you've come across. And keep note of what sells and what doesn't so that you know for future. Uh, just happen to log on to the website to get some of the links that you've mentioned and notice the giveaway of Brian's print. And I'm so excited. Looks fucking fantastic. So here's a couple of questions for you that I would love to hear more about. That's gonna suck to edit. <laughs> what are some of the factors you take into account when choosing what conventions and events to go to, which is something we've previously talked about a little bit. Well, let's get into In it. that submissions episode. Yeah. Uh, which I believe is eight. Is it yeah. Episode eight. So if you want to hear a little bit more in depth but about it. Let's let's just do a little yeah. recap yeah. on it. What would you look into? I look into either cities that I want to go to mm -hmm. um, or cities that I've never been to because I want to try out some new waters. Uh, let's see. The attendance and the cost of admission. For me? Yeah. People, people, people. All people. All I want big crowds. Yeah. The more the merrier. Yeah. Which in turn is going to cost you usually. Yeah. The more people, the more it's going to cost. Yeah. When I do fairs, I'm actually now looking for people for admission fees because there's some art fairs are free. Yeah. But I've been looking for ones that actually have to pay because those are the serious buyers. Yeah. Next question. Um, how do you prepare for going to a larger convention versus a smaller convention? More vodka. <laughs> I think he, he means in a, in a business sense. Oh. It's because this isn't the art of vodka. <laughs> um, How do I prepare? I have more pieces for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I shot him an email, and I, I kind of was like, you, you want to do, like, a series or, like, a touring series? Mm-hmm. Um, and also, if it's a convention, check out the guests. And if, if it's like a movie or a show that you like, make something that ties into the guests a little bit because people are more likely to buy stuff uh, pertaining to guests that are there because they'll get them signed or it's just something that's in their head constantly. They're just thinking about Lost Boys, so they're going to buy anything Lost Boys. Kind of makes sense. Very true. Um, and prints, 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 prints are always your friend. Always have different structure levels yeah. um, for pricing. You want those $20, you want the mid price, maybe that could be like 50, 60, and then your higher ends, you know, your finer, your your actual yeah. pieces. Yeah, and if you're doing a con or an art fair, keep your price points at even numbers, preferably increments of five, because then you don't have to carry a bunch of change with you. And everybody carries cash at cons. Oh, and the one thing is, it's always twenties. Yeah. I always notice that everyone always has twenties. Yeah. Um, Before any convention, I typically just go to the bank and get like sixty, eighty dollars in fives. There's one thing I, I will note that I, we probably haven't talked about recently, or yeah. we haven't talked about, but I do want to bring it up. I think it's the perfect segue, not segue, but a little button yeah. is that for me personally, I do not switch prices from a smaller con to a larger con because some of those people might see you mm. at both cons. They might start recognizing you. 
this is just my personal opinion. Again, we're not freaking professors. We never... Sure, yeah. 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 These are our opinions through experience and stuff. But, like, if my prints... Like, all my prints, my digital prints are all $20. They'll always be 20 Like, I don't lower them at smaller shows. And I don't hire them, hike them up at bigger shows. Um, some people do. Yeah. But I preferably don't because then... I, I I feel like I would get questioned like, hey, I buy because I do get a lot of reoccurring, and I do have some art collectors who personally buy my stuff, and they're I like when I say they're like, oh, how much is this? And if I say it higher because I don't remember the original price, yeah, I sold maybe the same size to. They're like, well, last time you sold it to me for three hundred. You're like, cool, let's do it at three hundred. Yeah, all right, <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Yeah, uh, my prices are. I do everything in, in like bundle deals, uh, yeah. which is also a good idea too. Um, all my prints are 12 or two for 20, but if I'm at a smaller show and I don't expect people to, to buy bundles of things, I'll just do the $10 a piece. And then it's basically like the bundle anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. What's the next question? I don't know. The phone. Oh, black. do you find it better <laughs> to put as much art as possible on the table or focus on showing just a handful of pieces really well? Yeah, that's a good question. I like that question a lot. Yeah. I I think it's good to have a, a, a touring uh, series or just five big pieces and then a bunch of prints. Because you're gonna make you're gonna make all your money off of nickel and dimes and it's not gonna be the big score. It's rare. It's I'm rare. the opposite. Yeah. I'm well, the opposite. Art fairs I guess are kind yes. of the opposite in that sense. Yeah, for yeah, for cons, I know he's focusing on cons. Yeah, I think having a couple of your bigger pieces and having a lot, like those stages of prices, you really yeah. want some, yeah. you know, economic ones that are 20 and 40s, some middle ones, maybe 60s, 80s, and then maybe your higher ends that could be 100, 200. Um, yeah, and on top of that, if you have a backdrop, uh, big big pieces always look better and they're going to bring people in. But I do find that people kind of keep their eyes down when they're mm-hmm. walking through conventions. So I tend to put my vinyl paintings kind of facing their eyes when they're looking down so they'll catch it out of their peripheral and also i stand 100 percent of the time eyes and smiles i don't stand <laughs> i don't even look at you um but to go off of what you're saying if you want inspiration on how like you know uh convention booths are the first thing i did when i was looking at i actually i did look at pinterest i went on pinterest oh yeah there's good stuff on there yeah Yeah. like how to build like your booths and stuff because people have them for the vendor the 10 by 10s and tables and stuff but um yeah i looked at some stuff like psychologically how you should approach um setting that stuff up because there's a lot to it like for comic convention you do want to be very attentive you really do want to be standing up you know um yeah don't be working the entire time even though like that's what you want to be doing and it shows like hey i make these by hand if you look like you're busy nobody's gonna stop you from doing what you're doing when i when art fairs which i've always learned is that i when i build my tent out i always have a uh, doorway or some kind of opening in the back Mm -hmm. and i'm kind of behind there actually because they do not like to walk into your tent when you're in there because they feel like you're gonna like encroach on them or you're gonna be like hovering and watching them the entire time i give everyone that comes in my booth a lot of space yeah plus i just don't want to be near them right (laughs) right i think a lot can be said about um kind of like a psychological space Mm -hmm. as well like because even though you're every con is a table it's all the same basic kind of situation i i wait a second to like talk to people if they're like going through things then i'll uh engage engage with them i don't want to 
call people over and bark at them and nine times out of ten they're going to walk away not wanting to buy anything because they feel like they're being pressured into it i was at a flea market yesterday. nobody likes that shit yeah i was at a flea market yesterday and um there's a guy with a lot of cool old vinyl and i went up to it and he's like what are you looking for and i'm like i just want to browse yeah he's like well you're always looking for something if you're looking at vinyl and i right off the instance like those like 30 seconds I was so turned off and I did not want to be there yeah. but I did want to look through his vinyl and he would not stop asking me questions on what I like he can help it, me find it better trying to give me history on it and like in under a minute I left I was yeah. just like I'm over this yeah. I don't even care anymore like, yeah I found that when when I have those people that are just kind of browsing cause that's a con at cons everybody browses for like five hours and then they come back and make their purchases because they want to do the panels and the q a's and all that shit i find a lot of those people end up coming back yeah because i'm not confrontational and pushy and nobody wants that you can tell when it's a pushy vendor too you can oh yeah uh and then sean's last question is i know it surely uh i know it surely uh varies greatly depending on the event but what's a good number of prints to have on hand for any pieces? I typically keep about 15 to 20. I do about 10. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it depends on how uh, how much you're selling them to. You'll see a lot of, uh, you know, like, mine are all limited now, so. Right. Mine are not. Yeah. Yeah. And then I, I would assume Sean's probably going on a non-limited through a printer um, yeah, I looked at his stuff. It's really good. He does um, like graphic illustration kind of stuff. Cool. Yeah, yeah. check it out. Yeah, Maybe I'll, we'll... I'll. You know what? I'll put a link on the website. Show notes. Yeah, <laughs> check uh, those out. But uh, yeah, I say yeah, ten to twenty. Um, depending, you'll start to know which ones are your best sellers after yeah. a couple, and maybe have more of those. I I really quick. Well, kind of like Tristan, like do two sizes, do a large and a small. Yeah, something like that maybe. Um, I I know like. There's some that I always have that I know like are going to sell right away no matter where I'm at. Yeah. And then I've literally had like a stack of like ten prints of a certain piece of work that those prints have never sold. I've got those. And like I will never reorder them right now because I still have like eight of them. It's taken me like two years to sell two of them. But I have to keep re- reprinting or reordering prints um of that piece of like another one of my popular pieces like almost every other month every show i go to i have to do a reorder of my frankenfurter print yeah yeah and then i've got some that just don't sell so they're retired i don't do them anymore you just don't show them i don't show them all right yeah well that's all the questions that sean had we appreciate it and we'll be sending out our prints to you shortly congratulations yeah i'm actually gonna pick up a uh shipping tube on the way home i have one right here cool you can take it awesome all right let's get on to some main topics that you had yeah yeah some odds and ends you wanted to dish out yeah nothing Stuff that's not big enough, maybe not big enough for a full episode. Um, dish, are... dish, dish it out. <laughs> okay. First off, if you want to send us an email, I'm pointing at my microphone. That doesn't mean anything. If you want to send us an email, <laughs> uh, do it at wordpress.com. There's a contact page there. What's our Gmail? Or at aobpodcast at gmail.com. Oh, that's an easy one. That's an easy it's one. It's so easy. Again, what is that, Brian? Oh, Jesus Christ. AOBpodcast at gmail.com. Or, and you're really screwing up my segue here. Or, 
fill out a contact form at aobpodcast.wordpress.com. And with that being said... Website! Shit, yeah! Let's talk about websites a little bit. Right now, for, for the podcast, we're just using a WordPress because it's free. Maybe eventually we'll end up doing a paid site. If Squarespace pr- promotes us, we will be using Squarespace. Yeah. Or Wix. I'm fine with whatever if somebody pays me. Yeah, who's going to pay us? Pay us, pay, us <laughs> pay us now. Pay us now. We need money. But with websites, um, especially as an artist, what what is the importance of a website and how do you utilize it? Today's age, I think website is very important. I think it's very important. Um, and also, like, personal website versus Etsy or... Personal. I really store, do. Shop Envy? Store Envy? Store Envy? Yeah, whatever that one is. Society6. Etsy, Sashi, big, big, Car- big Cartel, Big Cartel, yeah, Is that one, yeah. yeah, all these, all these, um, tons of them, tons, so many, and I could write some out for you up on the show notes, yeah, too, if anyone's explained, but I think it's very important, I really do. Um, every time like people have questions and stuff, the next question is, do you have a website? Yeah, um, yeah. Now they may or may not go to it. I mean, my business card, it just has my logo on the front and the website on the back. Okay, but very simple, and. So they can go to it. Um, my business card has my website on it three times. No, it doesn't. <laughs> does it really? Yeah. It so they, if they forget it once, they yep. just on it again. Oh, yeah. And do you have like text below, like, if you forgot about it, dumbass? Pretty or... much. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think, I mean, this is, I feel like it's a no brainer. And I think that's why we're kind of making this one a little shorter. Is, yeah, you should have a website. Um, let's just go. Even if you don't want to spend the, and I mean, Squarespace. It can be pricey if you're starting out. Yeah, I mean, it, there's all these tiers. Yeah, That's... but I mean, like, if you don't want to spend that money, you could do Etsy. It costs what ten cents per item. Post. Yeah, per yeah, post. per item that you're putting up there. So you could try that out. I mean, a lot of people use it. It's it doesn't have the best search function, but I think Big Cartel I used to use that. I think that's like ten bucks for like fifty. P- items yeah society six i think is free but they take a commission for store envy is free but they take a cut as well yeah, they take a cut as well yeah um, so do the research on them i use squarespace i use squarespace as well but um, i have used store envy and etsy have you yeah um yeah whatever works for you um and not to make it long but i like online stores i think is something a different topic at hand that we could make a whole episode on and I, maybe down the road we could yeah but importance of a website very important i think yeah and i i th- you know what let's use let's use epion as a prime example here if we bring this guy's name one more time in the fucking podcast I know, i'm going to fucking but quit you told him to make a website and he did not have one before dude's a caveman <laughs> and i don't know if you're following his black friday thing at all he has a black friday he did do a black friday thing uh, he sold uh, a bunch of the Crimson Ghost, like these glow-in-the-dark eight, eight and a half by 11 Crimson Ghost heads. Uh, I think he sold 17 of them. Yeah, which that would not have happened if he didn't have a website. And I mean, if, if you need to do social media, and unfortunately it's kind of necessary in its own weird way, you're already on the internet doing social media, you might as well be on the internet with a website as well. Be sending. <laughs> just send him an email. What did it say? Fuck you. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, if if you want to do promotions, if you want if you want to do stuff like like that, and I mean, a lot of artists do the whole Black oh, Friday thing. Yeah, I mean, 
Th- I I think this might need to go into a full episode. Yeah. I mean, I could go yeah. so crazy into it's like, a good bullet point. Yeah. Um, but having a website's good. There are free ones. Like you can. Um, the thing with the free ones, I think, is that they they usually do like um, your name dot WordPress or your name dot Wix or your name dot Squarespace. So yes. it's not your personal URL. It's like a shared URL. Um, if you want to pay the extra seven dollars, you can definitely. Um, you know, you can definitely get your own URL and your yeah. own um, domain. Uh, the one thing I'd say... Which always was, sounds better. Yeah, I think it's always better. Yeah. It, it's a little more professional and fine polished. Uh, there's... Uh, the builders are Wix. I think, was it like uh, Squarespace, one by one? I think is another one. I can't remember all of them. Yeah, that's uh, probably a fucked on of them. I would say the one thing is to keep it simple. Being a designer full-time... I've seen illustrators, artists, sites, and all these other sites being really flashy and trying to be like experimental or to kind of relate to their website. Don't do that. It's so confusing and people just want to get there to your work, see your work, see what it's about and buy your work online. Yeah. They don't want to go through a maze to try to find something. Um, I will say you have a really good website. Thank you. I mean, I know you put a lot of work into it, yeah. Yeah, I, there's a, and I, th- I think uh, we can definitely go down the, a rabbit hole on this one, um, but definitely uh, if you, yeah, there's uh, from the free ones and paid ones, or if you're really savvy, I mean, you can customize your stuff and buy your own domain through like GoDaddy or any hosting site, and then build it customly through HTML. And I did that with my first. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, a lot of work. It's a lot of maintenance too. Yeah, because I did not really know what I was doing. Yeah, so if you're not like a lot of when people say websites, they get really scared. Yeah. And so I think in today's day and age, it's super easy. Um, Squarespace, I think, is really easy. I've done Wix. I'm not a fan of it. Yeah. But uh, um, I know some people like it. I think even to to push it like home when we first had the idea of doing this podcast the very first two things i did was set up the wordpress url Mm -hmm. set up an email account way to contact way to find it yeah Yeah. i think those are the two most important things for a business yeah i think it's uh, super important Uh, yeah if you don't have one you should get one and then have everything linked if you're doing social media like everyone except me (laughs) sure you get you know have that bottom um, that bottom footer of your website with all those social media icons, you know, yeah. people can get a hold of you. It's just easy. It's 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 the best way for people to connect with you if they're not around you. Uh, what's it's topic number two in yeah. our odds and ends here? And we do apologize. We just don't have much time today. No, it's okay. Yeah. What's it's okay. this? I mean, oh, <laughs> yeah. Which, this actually might. This could kind of curtail into the website discussion because we could talk about online sales and sales in person. And that is. Um, this one. Oh my God. I remember mine. Your first big sale and how that felt. And let's let's actually talk about online because you just did the Saatchi thing. Yeah. That was my fr- biggest online. I usually do like $20, $40 sales. Yeah. Nickel, nickel and dime kind of things here and there. But I did do one for a large amount and I had to package that. And I've talked about it, package and stuff. And it was yeah. a really cool feeling. I, I do remember it. It was like 3 a.m. in the morning. Oh, yeah? And I got an email that buzzed me, and I woke up, and I looked at it, and it was like... Just hazy. And yeah. Just, what? Yeah. And I just looked at it, and it was like, you have sold this, you know? And I'm just like... Is, Woo! Yeah. No, I was like, is this, is, this, is this real right now? Like... Yeah. And then, like, I went to the site, and I saw a little sold button on it, and then I looked at 
how much I was making, I was like, yes. But then, <laughs> but then after that, I was like, oh man, how, how am I gonna? Sh- how do I ship this? I got to get all the materials and like, because they're very punctual. They're like, you got to do yeah, this week by day points. by day, yeah. you know. And right off, once you get it, you have to accept that you still have it and you're ready to sell it. And when are they gonna pick it up? And how did you fall back asleep after that? I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. Yeah. But I do remember my first big sale. Yeah, I remember my first big sale. I remember my first sale, my first big sale. Yeah. Uh, but my first big sale. I mean, what do you consider like big? Because for me, the first big thing that happened was like I sold a piece that was over 100. Like that was a milestone for me. Okay. Yeah. I, I think mine was. Um, I'll say mine was 500. Yeah. So, um, cause I was selling stuff for like paintings for $60 and at 125 and maybe pushing it to 200, but like 500 was a huge thing. And I remember, it was at Ann Arbor Yeah. and it was blue justice and, uh, it was my first Ann Arbor sale and I always get weird. I don't know. I always get weird, like, readings on people. Like, they'll come in real briefly, look around. They'll put their nose up or something and walk away. And then, like, three hours later, they came back in and was like, I want that. Like that dude that bought the the Fallout piece when you were there at yeah. Motor City. Yeah. Like, I want that. And I was just like, I thought you didn't like it. <laughs> right? <laughs> and it just it went super fast. And then I, I was on top of the world for, like, you know, I, it was like in a complete high for the rest of the day. I thought I was going to rule but um then i went back to my feet the next day but, sure uh it sure. was it was a great feeling i mean i i always i think i'll always remember that yeah i've got a similar thing where like four three let's say four years ago memphis comic expo i was there and that was my first time traveling outside of my bubble yeah to do a show so i was felt like i was just diving in and didn't really know what i was going to get into and i it was a i think a two-day con so Day two, uh, set up, and sales were okay. They were kind of, eh. Like, it was a fine convention if I hadn't had to travel. Yeah. Been pretty good. But, yeah, girl just walked up, and I had a, it was a Daredevil painting on canvas, and she just walked up and was like, I want that. And I hadn't seen her at all that day. To my mind, I, I hadn't even talked to her at any point. I think my first reaction was, are you sure? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. It's because I had the sticker, like the the price tag on it, and it was like one twenty five or something. And she's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, I want it." And I was like, "Oh, okay, yeah, it's one twenty, one twenty, one twenty five, one twenty five, yeah, okay, let's do this, let's do this." <laughs> and then like I don't, and it's you know when when you're in a milestone and and they're not, because that just felt like it was just like yeah, that's just how you buy things. I I expressed to her what that meant to me in that moment I oh wow like, you 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 shedded your feelings i yeah that's what i do <laughs> i was just like this is the first time i've ever sold anything for this amount you've you've helped me get over something and it it, it shows a validation she threw mine anything. in a trash bag and i gave it to the lady <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time you felt validated i yeah i did but I you didn't. only threw it in a trash bag because that was the only thing you had to protect it yeah but i didn't show it well sure i don't show anytime yeah that's why we're here doing this part <laughs> Where, like, they won't know how you felt. Yeah. But, yeah, I I, I don't show emotion. Like, you, I wasn't sh- shaking. I, I think there was one time, maybe, when I sold something, I, I kind of, sh- oh, yeah, I, I do remember something like that. But, yeah. But you can't talk about it. No, I just, I can't recall it. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but most of the time, it's, I just kind of go, okay. 
I, I kind of like hold it in and I'm really excited if I do a big sale, but I, I keep calm. I get a little talkative. Yeah. I'm not trying to be fake. I yeah. just, I just want that person to know like, this is me. So if you want to, if you do not want to buy this now, <laughs> you still have, you a, have a chance you have an out. Yeah. You have a way to get out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've been I've been doing all those all those wood acrylic pieces for like 150 and every show I, I sell at least one that's awesome and every time I'm like what the fuck why are you doing this <laughs> no and, and like, that kind of but don't now, you know that I just do this in my garage so I don't drink no <laughs> well, here, okay and that's a great way of saying because I want to smack you for that is devaluing yourself. Yeah, which is a great segue, man. And, Look at you. And that that pisses me off, though, that you think that way, because I think I've kind of broken that I don't, barrier now. I don't quite feel that way. Like, in a, I, feel, I feel weird just that people want to buy anything that I've made because it started as that. It, I find it weird that people won't like me. <laughs> you know that feeling. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and what I'm doing... And, like, I never asked for this weird path in life that I've been put on. Yeah. It just happened. Doesn't it always? All those paths just kind of happen. Yeah, but not necessarily, because, like, I didn't go to school for this. I didn't set out for this to be... Which is why I kind of like you a lot. (laughs) I didn't set out for this to be my job and my career. I literally did it, so I would just not drink. And that's, that's not the path that everybody takes. No. And that's odd. Yeah, because I'm on the opposite path of, I've worked, <laughs> yeah, day and night. Yeah, like you've got the bills that show. Yeah, but I've worked day and like since I was in like high school. Like all I wanted to do was art. Yeah, I mean I took some art classes, but like it was like pen and ink and pencil stuff. And yeah, I mean some airbrush things, but none of those were like that's my calling. Uh, I like I not that medium whatever yeah. I did in high school, but I knew like art was because I was like. If I don't do art, I might as well just give up and curl up in a coffin and just call it. Because, like, I was it, but I kind of... I I do have some stories of um, devaluing um, work, and I think this could be the big chunk of the talk. Yeah, I want to talk about another aspect of that as well. And what's that, bro? Which is being around artists that... Do? No, that work is not up to snuff, and how that can devalue it as well. Okay, yeah. Like bootleggers and... Swipers and that kind of stuff. Okay. As well. oh. And how how in that very simple like third grade math economics of like milk costs this much and bread costs this much and if one goes down the other one goes up and that kind of thing like that's what you got taught in elementary school. Something like that. I wasn't paying much attention. I sucked at math and econ. But... I think I had like little <laughs> yellow blocks that were like fraction blocks and they're like if you take two thirds of this away how many you have and I was like still some blocks. I <laughs> still got blocks. Suck it. <laughs> uh, but devaluing. Um, here, here's. The, I kind of. I, I had a talk um, actually this week, and which was kind of interesting. I'm not going to get into much detail because right now it's uh, non-disclosure talk, I believe. Um, what about in a month when this podcast is out? Maybe, but <laughs> if, if 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 the paper gets signed, then sure, I, I'll, sure, sure, sure. I'll m- move more into it, but um. Uh, working with a um, an art what you call it, advisor or a um, consultant, an art consultant right now. Okay. And um, doing s- certain works for certain clients and stuff, and making 
work for them or making work just in general and then they seeing it is kind of a path I'm trying out right now. And to see the numbers that she's estimating on my work astonishes me. Because you're in your mind, you're like, that's not what I would have priced that at, but cool, let's do it. Well, yes. In short term, yes. But in, in like a real deep way, I was just like, do you find my work to be that valued? Yeah. And she goes, yes. And so should you. All right. And that kind of like was an eye opener. Like, oh, I, I, am I at this stage? And now it's not big stage. You know, it's not like all the artists that we look up to and all the sure. artists that, but it's in between of where I, we're at and where they're at. And so I'm sitting here like, okay. And to get that, feeling of this is how much your work is is kind of pushed me into a sense of well then i want to put some extra time into it i want to put some extra thought into it i gotta make it feel like that for me yeah yeah if if and i i always try to put 100 percent into all my pieces but now it's to a point where it's okay well this is how much it's valued at i want it to feel that way so i think it now it's going to be that 120 or 130 percent if it can go that much but i i do see a lot of artists i mean i've when i did the gallery and um, when we've done cons together and stuff, I've seen a lot of great artists devaluing their work. I also think it's uh, the atmosphere, too. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. When, like, at certain cons, you know, it's f- so funny because I remember this exactly. It was uh, Indiana Comic Con. is like, my second year. And the first day, everyone had, like, $20 prints. And yeah. Friday was really bad. I remember this. Friday was really bad. Then Saturday came around, and... Everyone was lowering price. I didn't. I had yeah. my 20. And I said, because my prices will always be the same. Uh, I had this thing at Kansas City as well. And you look around and you see red markers or mm-hmm. different signs being replaced. And it's like now 15. And throughout the day of Saturday, it, some people lowered them all the way to 10. Because that con, it, it was weird. That was a weird year. Um, that was when, like, the I remember the, the alleys or the halls were a little wider and people could just kind of float in the middle. Mm. And, um, you know, the uh, people weren't, not many people did really well that year, but people were lowering the prices incredibly. And I get it, you got to make that cash. You know, this is like one of the main things that this podcast is about is how to make I that cash. I used to do this back in the day. Yeah, but I really find that you're, you're really devaluing yourself and, um, I get it. You got to pay the bills. So, but at the same time, it's like, how low is too low? Yeah. And I, I also look at it as if I, like a glass half full kind of thing. If I don't sell anything, that's less I got to make for the next show. Yeah. In a weird way. You know? In a weird way. <laughs> you know? Like, but with, with my, like, you get, a, I get a lot of people picking up business cards. I'm sure you did too that year. Yeah. Yeah. So every person that picks up a business card, I just tell them free shipping on the website. Nice. And it puts it in their head. The, um, it's also written on the business card two times. <laughs> <laughs> well, the website's on there three. The free shipping's on there twice. Okay. Yeah. The uh, <laughs> there's a lot on that business card. It's no. It's just the same thing over and over again. The uh, <laughs> the uh, though I remember when uh, when I started doing art fairs, um, you know people were I, people were coming out of my booth with prints, a lot of prints. I would make a lot of prints, and you know my work was reasonable at that time or not it still is but it's it, good it, it was I like your stuff man. people thanks yeah <laughs> uh people you know people were coming in and out and some artists from around that art fair came into my booth and would look around and be like 
you know, your stuff's really cheap. You should yeah, really I get that it. too. I still get that. Yeah, you, you should really raise it. And at that time, I was like, well, I'm making money. Now, through the times and like kind of valuing myself, and it takes time and, you know, thinking, okay, I put this much into it, this time into it, how much should this really be? And when people start to buy it at that price, then you're like, okay, it is worth this. And then you you try to like, I feel like it's almost an investment. Like, okay, now it's growing because my style is improving or I'm getting more notice or more engagement. Uh, but I definitely see that now as like, my prices have jumped in the past four years or five years. Yeah. Most definitely jumped. But um, that was a conscious decision. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, I I got this one dude I used to work with and he was like, if you don't price yourself at what it's worth, people won't think you're worth it to buy it. And that kind of stuck in my head was like, if I'm only putting down $20 prints and $100 paintings, people are like, well, this guy is not going to be somewhere in a couple of years because he's not, he's undervaluing himself. And, you know, when you start to put your paintings at, you know, 1200, 14, two grand and people start, okay, well, he's, he has a professional sense of pricing and it's this big and this is how much it's value. Then they kind of take it like, oh, he's important because his prices are this big or for me at least. And in like a gallery sense, um, you know, really you're valuing yourself as yes, I'm legit. And this is why I have, kind of a similar situation where I get that whole people tell me that my stuff's too cheap yeah price point wise not uh, quality wise <laughs> and it, I usually I explain to them that like and it, it's kind of the opposite of like this is why gallery things cost so much because yeah. there's all this stuff on the back end I'm like this is why it's so cheap my overhead is so low it's stencils and spray paint I can do like 20 of these at 30 a pop that keeps it cheap for you and you know affordable for everybody as well it's kind of funny we're i every time we talk and we talk off the radio all the time we've never talked off mic we haven't no it's always but i've been recording it all the time oh really (laughs) (laughs) that's scary uh you have like a little mic in your pocket or something no i'm just holding it you just never notice oh wow (laughs) (laughs) the the b-sides yeah um but i it's kind of Every time we talk, we're we have the same views. Yeah, but we're on different spectrums. Yeah. Well, also, I mean, like your stuff is very large scale. Mine yes. is very small, small scale. scale. You're doing you're you're doing conventions. I'm doing fairs. Yeah. Um. It. But we same aesthetics almost. You know, we're both in a like a um, negative image imprint kind of. I do silk screen. You do stencil. So like, it's just kind of funny to see like. Which the directions we take, and then like for me, like my work, like all the shows I've been doing at art fairs, these works, the artists I'm around, their paintings are five, six grand, two grand, sometimes ten grand. Are they selling them at ten grand? I don't know. Probably not. I got. I do have a story. Actually, that's really. They might be selling prints. Some some of them don't even have prints. Really? Yeah, they'll have like in their booth a 10 by 10 tent. I'm all about that nickel and diamond. They'll have like six paintings, and they'll be all like one to. 10 grand and that's it and they'll just sit there the entire weekend and I don't know if they sell or not because I don't I'm not paying attention because I'm trying to make money yeah. or I'm looking down at my feet right um, <laughs> sure but and then at your center or these, you're drawing out stuff that you want to do in the future yeah I always you know? try yeah that's the best time for me yeah me too um, and then for uh, when at conventions because I I used to do them was like 
I always felt like it was like we're all different, but like the prices were always very competitive to a point. Yes, and that's that's kind of the thing I want to talk about with the devaluing at cons and fairs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but before we get that, I do have this really crazy story. I was yeah. in Ann Arbor. It was like my second year at Ann Arbor. I don't do Ann Arbor anymore just because I moved away from that area. But um, I had a booth and I was, you know, as we call it nickel and dime. And that was the times where my paints were like 100 to 200 bucks. And my prints were 20. I was pushing them. Mm-hmm. And this lady puts out 15 sculptures. And they were beautiful. Don't get me wrong. They were like foot, maybe foot and a half. Um, she was from like West Virginia. She, they were all iron sculptures, but they were like ballerina dancers. Oh, cool. And... They're all on pedestals, and she didn't come Friday. She didn't even come Friday. And I don't think she even, like, I think she broke down, like, mid-Sunday was done. Like, she yeah. just stayed for that sun that Saturday when, like, majority of the people were there. And I remember her statues were, like, four to five grand each. Wow. Okay? And I talked to the guy, and I said, is there any middle value? This was, I say, five years ago. Yeah. Is there Is there any, do you have, like, lower ends or higher ends? Like, 300 400 yeah and they're like no they're they're all the same size they're all the same time they're all the same price and basically the guy said we just need to sell one and we sell one that covers our trip that covers our booth fee and that covers basically a month's worth of budgeting that we need yeah that is a huge gamble though they did it they did it they did it they did it like at like 5 p.m on a saturday wow and like, what if they didn't? I know. What if they? And what, what if you did two shows back to back where you didn't sell? One? I know. You're fucked for that year. You lost your entire money. Yeah. Um. But she like literally like, and so they're like, yeah, we do cons. We do like one con a month or so, and yeah, all we need to do is sell one. She, I remember she also did a lot of public art. So the city where okay. she lived in commissioned her to make all these statues. She made big statues and. I mean, they were beautiful. They are really well done. Yeah. Um, I can't remember her name or anything. But I just remember I sat there, and in my entire head, I was like, I am. she made more money than I did, but she had to put all her chips on to make yeah. sure one sold at $5,000. Where I'm pushing $20 prints at a time. Like, mm-hmm. every 10 minutes selling a $20 print, just trying to... I mean, that sounds like good money, too. Yeah, just trying to find <laughs> it up. But it... it you know, in the end, I, yeah, it's a lot of gamble. and uh, But at the same time, she knew her value. Yeah, I mean, I think there's also something to be said about knowing your value and knowing your demographic. Very true, very true. And I guess this 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 art fair was in that demographic of yeah. people blowing. Yeah. Of course, someone wrote a $5,000 check. Right. Which, which is unbelievable. But, sure. <laughs> <laughs> but talking about devaluing in conventions. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that that's kind of like... Well, one, I've... I, I mean, I, I think it's, it's a tinge of jealousy on my part. Ooh. Um, I mean, that exists. In Brian, every, you get jelly? Everybody, every artist gets jealous about what other me- people are making and how much they're making and all that shit. And not at the me. end of the day, you're not really supposed to be like, you know, take that home with you. Um, but I mean, there's a tinge of jealousy that I have towards like digital artists ah, because yes. they can make things so quickly and put things out so fast that they can hop on, um, you know, popular things. Mm-hmm. And one, I can't, I can't do that. I can only draw what I like. Yeah. I can't draw. I can't even think of something that I don't like my, that I would want to draw. draw overwatch. You know, I don't play overwatch. I wouldn't make an overwatch piece. I don't know shit about overwatch but i know that they're that it's extremely popular and people will buy that stuff up like crazy right now i mean that game makes uh like something like four million a week or a day or some shit like it's huge that game is huge 
it's got its base. But at the end of the day, I can't make that stuff. And I, I get, it takes me two weeks to make a piece. I mean, how long does it take you? <laughs> like if you, if you just like put your head to it and we're like, okay, I got, I got a thing at the end of the month. I got to make this one thing. I mean, I pushed out series in three weeks. Yeah. And I pushed out series in one year. It all depends on my ment mentality. Sure, sure. <laughs> my mental health. But yeah, I'd say if I, I did a piece from beginning, I'd say a week. Yeah. Week to two weeks. Two weeks. So two weeks. Roughly. Same thing. So to see people that can just digitally crank some things out real quick and make a quick grab on it. And at the same time, they're selling their prints for five, ten dollars. Yeah. Sometimes. Five bucks. I've seen, oh like my. ten is high for that. Yeah. You know. I, I can it, that makes your prints almost kind of go down in value as well if you let it oh if you follow the trend yeah yeah absolutely and, let and me, we've both been we've both done that yes in the past. oh yeah and yeah. I, I regret it I do me too uh, me too let extremely me, let me ask you this and I'm not trying to uh, do any bashing to any digital artist or yeah. convention artist because I mean Tristan he's fucking great his stuff's amazing I have he's it. a digital artist yeah I have it I do too I mean but uh, two, two things is one now Print-wise, I only do traditional prints. I only buy traditional prints. If I want someone's yeah. artwork, it has to be done printmaking. Yes, I've become that snob. No, I mean, I've you've kind of put that on me as well. Like, I, I went to a show. We were at that, that show together. And yeah. I was like, I would have bought that if it wasn't machine-pulled. I know, right? We asked him, <laughs> I, we asked him, and we were like, dude, this is amazing. And he's like, yeah, it's silk screened. And I'm like, oh, that's great. Um, so like, I was like, what kind of paper do you use? And he's like, oh, blah, blah, blah. I was like... What, he's like, well, I send it to yeah. a printer and they do it. And yeah. I'm just like, a noop. <laughs> you know, I like those little flaws. I like that technique. That, I do too. That it tells, it tells the story. Yeah, you know? little additions, you know. Um, but the, the digital stuff, you know, like when when people buy that, you know, like when we used to do, well, you still, I, yeah. I don't, but I help you out. You sit there at the booth or you stand and smile. Um, <laughs> And, I don't even have chairs. Usually. And yeah, I usually tuck them in. Uh, um, yeah, you know, you see people walking around with bags of these, you know, this fan art or these um, digital prints and stuff. And in my head, I'm like, one, how long are they going to last? That's what I think too. Not necessarily in that way. Are they going to hang them? What I they think doing? how long are those going to be on your wall? Yeah, like yes. Yeah. Because a lot of people, like, like a lot of our friends that we that uh, we talk to and that are in the convention scene, they do stuff that they've loved for years. You know, like you have a passion for horror. Yeah. You know, you have freaking Jason on your arm. You did this Jason piece. I think it's fantastic. But first it was a vinyl piece. Yeah. You know, so that's the traditional art form. And then you turn it into prints. And if those vinyl pieces are gone and the stencils destroyed, then you still have some kind of archive where people can purchase it. But when people are doing like these little trends, like some kind of cartoon show that lasts two seasons or something, they're, yeah. they're punching them away like every second. How long is that going to be on your wall for? You know, people who are buying the Jason prints are as diehard fan as you yeah. are. Yeah. And that's why I like horror shows. Cause yeah. Because they're, they're, they've been fans for years. Yeah. And it's not going to be like they're going to take it down in six months or a year when the next show comes up. Because guess what? Friday 13th franchise will never fucking sell and we won't see a one for fucking 20 years <laughs> right <laughs> and in the, in that sense i there's a part of me that does get jealous by that and then i have to just sit back and be like your work and my work will be up on someone's wall longer yeah. than those yeah and also even when i've done bad shows i get a sense of pride because typically when i do a bad show the, the person that's running the show will come up and be like your stuff's good and they'll be the ones that buy stuff and i'm like that means a lot yeah because they see it every time or they see tons and tons of art and for them to be like 
yours is the one that I'll buy. Or it actually have, says more to me. Or have a conversation with a patron that knows that aesthetic. And yeah. And will have a conversation with you on yeah. that aesthetic and not just go, oh my God, it's blank. Insert what? <laughs> yeah. Five dollars. Buy yeah. on a FedEx photocopier when they're like, holy shit, you silk screen this or holy shit, you stencil this or, you know, people are talking about how they create like and they're into it and they buy it. Now they have a little insight into it where it's just like they buy these, you know, these ripoffs of other people's artworks filtered for five dollars. And yeah, that kind of that does burn a little I've actually, I've actually said this to people at cons where they're like, hey, have you done any, I don't know, Ren, let's say Ren and Stimpy. Have you done any Ren and Stimpy stuff? And I'll be like, I don't I don't like to do anything that's animation because I feel like those guys have already done it. And they've done it better than I ever could. Yeah. I can't draw those characters the way that they do, and I can't draw them better than they do, so I'm not even going to try that. If it's something that's hand-drawn, why would I draw it again? That just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. You know? It's already been done. It's already been done. I can't do that. <laughs> More importantly, Bob Camp's right around the corner. Just get something from him. He's the dude that co-created that shit. Don't buy it from me. Yeah, buy it from the guy who made it. <laughs> buy it from the guy who made it, you know? Or like Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty's huge. People are like, you got any Rick and Morty? I'm like, no, I don't. I'm I've not, never seen it. I'm not going to do any. I like the show. I like it a lot, but I'm not going to do any. Because one, I don't know if it's a flash in the pan right now. And two, I can't draw it the way they do. Go talk to the creator. He's right around the corner. Yeah. Yeah, typically. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's... To me, that feels like piracy in a way. Yeah. It feels like swiping, which I'm completely so, immorally against. So, you know? describe swiping. Because that, that's kind of like I mean, it's a, essentially just a copy and paste job. Yeah. Right? I mean, to the people that might And not, sometimes it'll be like a copy and a paste and a Photoshop, and then you add some filters or like some digital paint splatter or some shit. And that's about it. People have really um, been cracking down on that recently, though. Yeah, which is great. Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> you can't take it. No, we I'm have 10 minutes here. I'm we, recording right now. We've got like 20 minutes. <laughs> Fuck you. I'll, I'll call you back in 10 minutes. Ball liquor. <laughs> All right, going back. And, this and is... just like that, in a weird way, Epion once again derailed this conversation. You say his name one more time in this goddamn podcast, I'm going to quit. You're not going to quit. You're in this for life. <laughs> the, um, the, the, yes, they're, they're really copying, um, cr- uh, fuck, where are we? They're cracking they're down. Cracking down. Yeah, they're, piracy they're cracking down shit. on that shit, and that's, it is good. Um, yeah. And I, I hope that people can understand, like, what's, uh, you know, true art to that kind of art when they hit Artist Alley, because th- it has saturated Artist Alley areas and conventions severely. And yeah, it's, it's a real bummer. It's a real bummer. So, um, and that, and it really does um, not only devalue art in general, it devalues all the artists around them. I really do believe that. Because when you're swiping Google images and you're putting a filter on and you're selling them for five bucks a pop and then you say five for 20 and... <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, you know who I'm talking about. Yeah, I do. <laughs> and then you got people around you who are drawing watercolors, acrylics, stencils, you know, just pen and ink, penny, and even other digital artists that are putting, you know, heart and soul into actually drawing it from the ground up. You know, and you you have five dollars, and everyone else is like, you know, ten, twenty, because you know what they put time and value into it. It really does devalue the artists around them. Um, it is kind of poison. Um, yeah, but yeah, 
I, you know, the good thing is uh, people are cracking down. A lot of conventions are really busting butts on that. So that's good. Thank you, all those convention runners that are doing that. Um, Really? But at the same time, I don't want people to think, like, you're your work should be like super high and add a bunch of zeros at the end at, right off the bat. You got to build your way up to that. Um, yeah. And don't devalue your work, but find out. Yeah. I mean, like where it's at. set a price, see how it sells. If it sells really well, maybe raise it a little bit. It's mm-hmm. like everything else. It's a trial and error kind of a situation. And then better you get at it, you're probably going to add more materials, more time, yeah. more um, ways of executing it. Yeah, and if you want stuff to sell for a higher value, but maybe you don't feel too comfortable yet, do do like I do and just do bundles or something. Yeah, like buy two get ones. Yeah, I mean that we we learned that from a couple artists that I won't say their names. And <laughs> sure, um, yeah, you know we started that bundle stuff when we got into the con scene and it did well. And then you know, yeah, everybody likes a deal. Everyone loves a deal. You know. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, again, thank you, Sean. You are the winner. And uh, oh, also one one quick thing, uh, uh, yeah. kind of specifically shit for Sean. Yeah. Uh, if you're getting prints, like don't don't do like Kinkos or Staples or something. Like try somewhere local. Find a local printer. Find a local printer. Their colors are gonna be better, darker and richer and better. They're gonna be accurate. They're gonna be extremely accurate. The um and uh I know this comes out in like a month or so, but yeah. we we kind of had a little talk and I think I hope we're gonna be doing a Christmas talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so we're gonna be doing a Christmas special, and uh, yeah, so. and I think our next interview might be Chris McFillin. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right on. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. So we'll be um we'll be interviewing Chris McVillain. Um, but that's about it. Yeah. I know we're a short episode. We do apologize, but... Uh, no, this is standard length. Really? We're just fast. Really fast. We just yeah. talked really fast. We just talked really fast. Because a lot of the bullshit we usually cut out. Yeah. Like me cussing <laughs> up a storm. Yeah. Do not, do not cut the phone conversation out. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, that wraps it up. I'm Jake Lee. Brian Arsol. See you next time. See ya. Alright gang, that was the episode. Uh, Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for streaming it. Thanks for sending us emails at aobpodcast at gmail.com. And if you want any more information to check the show notes or anything like that, you can go to aobpodcast.wordpress.com. Once again, that's aobpodcast.wordpress.com. And our email, once again, is aobpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. See you later.